Welcome to the 30 Pause Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Clark. On this podcast, myself and a few guests along the way are here to help you navigate what it's really like riding the roller coaster of emotions through that third decade of life. We're here to laugh at ourselves, live our truth, to inform, be fabulous, darlings. So thank you for joining and hop on the roller coaster of emotions and be sure to hold on to your nipples because we're about to enter 30 Pause. <laughs> Genevieve Escobar is my guest on this episode of 30 Paws. I'm so excited because we are internet friends. So we are literally internet, internet friends that got, well, we got, got introduced, introduced by, by, a, by, by a real life friend. By a real life friend. Tori. Yes. Let's just shout out Tori with Baking Fan because yes. Tori is literally my queen. She is Love everything you. and more. Yes. I, Tori. She has the so most. Thank you, Tori. Yes. Cheers to Tori. Cheers to Tori. Cheers to Tori. Yes. Um, Tori, I've always told her this. She has the most clear, crisp tone in her voice. It is just like, it's like air butter. and water. Like it's butter. butter. It's like a it's big like nuts, butter. Like butter. Yeah, it's so good. So I'm just so excited that we were able to connect because. I feel like we have been able to just like teach each other or encourage each other and find a friendship. And that's, what's really fantastic about the internet, because I think that like a lot of times, a lot of people can get really wrapped up in, in the Instagrams and, and see their like, Oh my God, I spent seven hours screen time this week each day or whatever. And it is a lot of that, but at the same time, there is a lot of good that comes out of it. And I have formed amazing friendships and just connections through people on Instagram and women that I've just been like, you're a bad bitch. I'm, I'm following you. We're messaging, we're vibing, you know? And I think that's just a beautiful thing. So I'm just so grateful for that, this experience and our, our friendship, because I was just like, oh, she, Tori was like, I just found your sister. I think I found your long lost sister. <laughs> I was like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> well, what do you mean? Yeah. Um, so no, I, I second, no, girl, yeah. I second everything that you <laughs> So I was excited. I was just really excited. I was like, you would be the perfect person to have on the podcast. 30 pause. It is, you know, obviously this is something that I started, you know, post like realizing that 2020 can be such a wash and I was just like, uh, this was such a shit year. And I really have to make, yeah, <laughs> I really have to make this, um, this podcast, like my new baby, my new thing, because, you know, I moved from Florida back up to here, but my whole network, my whole, everything was just in Florida. And so I was just needing that kind of creative. Miss you, baby. I know I I have so many people are like why don't you move back move back move back and I know I'll move back when when the timing is right or if I do move back or whatever I just I try not to plan out too much because you know when you make a plan God laughs so I try not to really (laughs) like 
I really try not to be like, okay, and next year I'm going to move back to Tampa. You know, I have to make it make sense. Well, you, you know, I understand God is a black woman and she's laughing at our plans, but um, at the same time, she also says that we can speak things into existence. And if yeah. I want to, my mind's really powerful. So I'm like, I want Heather to move back soon. So please, I understand that God, yes, you're going to laugh at my plans. However, you said I could speak things into existence and I really need Heather to be local. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely will make it down very soon. Sooner than later. That's for sure. That's for at sure. At least just come visit me and hang out at my house and like, let me cook picadillo for you and let me <laughs> just like spoil you. Take up take a bath in my luxurious bathtub, like, please. Yes, yes. And I miss, I really, really, really miss, like, island food. I miss the, the monfongo. I miss, like, the, the monfongo. Okay, yes. white girl is a, she's not a white girl, honey. She's a, <laughs> she's a Puerto Rican. Of- she's a Boricua. She's a Mexicana. Okay. I miss it all. I was like, man, I would really love, like, a jerk chicken right now, like, from a Jamaican. Honey, <laughs> Jamaican. The Caribbean yes. vibes. The Caribbean vibes. The island. They're unmatched. They really are. They really, really are. So I do, I do miss that part, because there's not a whole lot of because where are you? You're like I'm in, in middle white America. Yeah, oh. I'm in Indiana, Indiana. So a geographical location of like where I'm at. I'm three hours away from Detroit, three hours away from Chicago. My like, boss lives in Detroit. Shout out to Ryan Stewart. I love yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so just three hours away from Detroit. Three hours from Chicago. Chicago's not three bad. hours from Chicago. Oh, yeah. You, you're in a great spot. I love, mm-hmm. oh my God, Chicago. Okay, Pilsen. Can we just talk about Pilsen for a second? Frida Kahlo lives in Pilsen. She lives in Pilsen. Go to Pilsen, Chicago. Yes, I know. Challenge. I know. And we also, not only are we like long lost sisters, but we also have a deep, deep appreciation, admiration, and obsession with Frida Kahlo. And I have had a huge, I've been inspired by Frida Kahlo since I was 17 years old. So for me, yes. like it goes yes. super, super deep. Deep. deep, deep. Yes. And it was just so funny because after a while, I think, you know, friends, it's Dolly Parton and Frida Kahlo. It's always been Dolly Parton and Frida Kahlo for me. It always We love Dolly. We, we love, love a Dolly. Yes. We, the, the love for Frida been really deep. And I learned about her so much when I was taking, you know, my high school Spanish classes. I loved my high school Spanish teacher. Uh, and so I love her. Like, What's her name? Sarah Burden. She is. Sarah Burden. We love you. She Thank is you to really good teachers. Yes. Miss, Miss, Miss Crowley. Yeah. Miss Kurtz. Mm-hmm. Miss. Miss Kohlinger, Miss French. Ooh, all in my team. I'm yes. getting goosebumps. Yes. Teachers are. The te- teachers have made us. Yeah. They have made us. Absolutely. And they don't get, they don't get appreciated or shouted out enough. Well, they don't get appreciated and shouted out enough. And I think because you and I both are, or I was an academic teacher for 2013, 2015. Okay. Wow, and, and then- I was for a little while. I taught English at Dunedin Highland Middle. Yeah. And I didn't get the support that I needed, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It's really it was tough. rough. It was really tough. It's really rough. And I love Dunedin Highland Middle and their 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 administrators are very well meaning, but they're just so overwhelmed. They're so overwhelmed, especially because it's a Title I school. So mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. it's the education system. We could literally do a whole podcast on that. 
Yeah, it's really crazy. So I just, I always taught theater. I taught theater and dance. And then about a year later, I was like, well, this is going to make sense because I worked at a theater that I was their manager of their education program and their summer intensive. And so it kind wow, of- Wow, like, look oh, at you go. This is really going to make sense. So if I teach and then I do the summer intensive, like that's, that's going to work out. And it did work out for the time that it did work out. And I absolutely loved it. And I worked at that theater and I was uh, the manager of that middle school girls program for about five years. And wow. it was amazing, an amazing, amazing, amazing experience. And I uh, bet they changed your life more than you changed theirs. Absolutely. I have still such amazing um, connections with my former students. Some of them have graduated college. Some of them oh. are like, graduating what? high school now. Like it's just, it's, it makes me feel like, woo, 35. Old 35. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, you're graduating college. Got it. I remember when you were 13. Yeah. Cheers to Cheers. us being 30 <laughs> something. Oh my God. So I absolutely loved doing that and I loved mentoring. And and I and I really wanted to kind of stick into that. And so then that kind of morphed into my my job at the Performing Arts Center in downtown Tampa. So that's that's kind of like my whole you know, performing arts center. What was wait? Hold on, I want to know about that. At the stress center, I worked at the stress center for. Uh, was it two uh, years? Was it two years? Maybe a little over two. Yeah, so I did com like community programs. I did um, so essentially it was really cool because it kind of morphed my academic and my yeah, and my art together. So. Essentially, the community programs is us offering free, you know, performing arts courses to Title I schools and other nonprofit education um, programs around four counties. We had 52 partnerships. I managed like 20 to 30 teachers. I was like writing curriculum. I was like, it was an amazing experience. I absolutely loved that job. Loved it. Um, but you know, it's nonprofit. Can you see my tear? Can you see my little tear? <laughs> I, I am know. literally living for you. I am oh, living. Yeah, I so that's, that's I literally I bend the knee to the queen. I bend the knee. I like I curtsy to the queen. Wow. I literally I have literal goosebumps. You're gassing me up now. You're gassing me up. It's not gas oh. if it's true, girl. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that job. And, but, you know, I still really had to hustle because it's nonprofit, it's education. They're only going to pay you so much. And it was just, I found myself, and I talk about this a lot in season one of the podcast, but I really found myself just like really working just to pay the bill, like just to make, make it, just to get by. And I was like, and, and for the, they, it's just crazy because the people with the generous hearts, they get taken advantage of the most yeah. in these yeah. situations. Yeah. It's like, you want to do well, you want to do good for people mm -hmm. and you get taken advantage of if you don't have strong boundaries. And that's what I love about you. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast um, is that you have taught me through just being who you are so much about not letting these motherfuckers take advantage of your energy and of your kind heart and of yeah. your compassion 
And I, that's why I love Heather. That's why I love 30 Paws. I, I believe in you. I, I see you winning awards for podcasts someday. I see you teaching on a stage, teaching teachers, teaching nonprofit teachers, um, teaching uh, Title One teachers. Mm-hmm. Just you are such a light and such a compassionate heart. And, you know, people may have taken advantage of that in the past, yeah. but no longer. Not this time. Not this time. Not, this not time. in 30 plus. Not in 30 plus. No not more. this time. So that <laughs> have us have strong boundaries. This is the anthem. This yeah. is the anthem. And guess what? I didn't listen to my own song for like three or four years. Wow. So it, it manifested like three or four years after it came out. <laughs> wow. Wow. Like, cause, cause I went, cause I went back. Oh, and it, yeah. It's, oh, it's the tea, the tea. Yeah. The tea talk. <laughs> the tea talk. So I want to talk about your song and I, and, and how you really just kind of got started and morphed into, you know, being a performing artist amongst many other things. I think one thing that is really, I'm really grateful for is that I have wanted and I've, you know, been reading about, you know, stepping in more into your feminine energy. And then we yes. connected and, and when we started connecting, I was just like, oh my God, like this, these are just little basic like tactics and things and strategies that I can do just to enhance more of my feminine energy. And I think being raised by, a, you know, a single mom, I think a lot of times you're like, you are supposed to do this, that, and the other. You're supposed to have like wear all of these hats. You're supposed to, you know, be the strong one and not cry and not have, you know, the emotions and that sort of thing. And so it was just so like a breath of fresh air when you were consistently talking and embracing your own feminine energy. And it was so inspiring because I was like, oh, let's get back to that. I love that. Because I don't think, I think a lot of times we embrace our feminine energy when we're kids and then around like nine or 10, you know, if you're dancing in public or singing in public and if you're just being yourself, people are, are, are shushing you. People are, are. Oh yeah. It's a tale as old as time. Yeah. When did you start singing? Where did you grow up? Just tell me your story. Yeah. So I grew up, I, um, I'm kind of from everywhere a little bit. That's kind of what I say now. Um, I grew up, I was born in Miami, Florida, like every good Cuban woman is uh, that is from America. (laughs) So, um, my, my mother was born in Ponce, Puerto Rico. My titi was born in Ponce, Puerto Rico. So I have that like Boricua, um, side to me as well. Um, I'm Latina through and through. Mm -hmm. I, you know, my, my, my father, God bless him. And, and I know he's watching from heaven. Um, he's also Cuban, okay. uh, was, yeah, he passed in 2015. I love him so much. And I know that he's, he can do better as an angel from heaven than he ever did on earth. Um, yeah. so I'm just, I'm so, I know he's with me now. Um, I know that he's blessing me ever since he passed. It's funny. I've really been feeling like my life has been, kind of advancing in, in ways that it wouldn't have had we not been able to be my angel. So that's yeah. been really cool. So shout out to Ray, Reynaldo board because I love you so much. Yeah. Um, so both of my parents are Cuban, um, of Cuban heritage. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom, like I said, was born in Puerto Rico. So is my aunt. Um, I grew up in Puerto Rico every summer. So I'm very like Latina. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I really, um, I identify with that. So I guess I started singing when I was uh, seven years old. Um, I got a karaoke machine from my, my grandparents, I believe. Um, and it was one of those old cassette tape players where you could um, play your favorite singers and record yourself with them at the same time. And so I've been recording myself since I was seven um, and just, you know, singing since I was seven. My first ever song that I ever sang in public was The Rose by Bette Midler at a just uh, time school. <laughs> Just a real easy song. <laughs> wow. I, knew, I think it was maybe, maybe it was nine. I don't know. It was either seven or nine. I don't remember, but Huge um, school, mm-hmm. school for the gifted did talent shows and that's where I went. And so I did talent shows all the time. Gloria Estefan, Rhythm is going to get you. Yes. Um, just, I, I've been performing in talent shows since I was a baby, baby, basically. Um, and so I've just, you know, and, and, and at family gatherings, of course, you know, mm-hmm. my stepdad, shout out to Scott Simpson, he and his family, you know, he's one of nine. So he's had so many people and family all around. And, you know, really I, I credit my fearlessness of performing and singing in front of people to them because they always ask me to sing at family gatherings and things like That's that. And so I've just you. been... Absolutely. Yeah. So I've, I've been performing and singing since I was little. I did Odyssey of the Mind. Shout out to any Omers that are listening. Okay. Um, we won the world competition wow. when I was uh, in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I've just been creative soul since I like since birth. And I think yeah. that like I was given permission to do so. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, thank God with my dad. My dad was always encouraging me every time that he would speak to me. He would have me in front of a piano. Um, he would, you know, every time we hung out, there was always a music lesson involved. There was always, you know, he was always teaching me, always showing me the way. And um, so I'm just so grateful for that. So really, um, it's hard to kind of tell your story in like five minutes, but yeah, ultimately, um, you know, I'm just a creative soul. Um, I, I, I say that I came out of my mother's womb, salsa dancing and singing and, um, just being myself and I'm always yeah. so, so you said you spent your summers in Puerto Rico but were you did. here like grew up in the Tampa Bay area and so I actually went to Pineview School for the Gifted um second through eighth grade that's in Osprey Florida mm-hmm. and I did Odyssey of the Mind for Pineview School for the Gifted um I represented them and we won the world competition we you know, it's just, it's a crazy story. So yeah, I grew up in this area. I went to Lakewood Ranch High School. Okay. Um, so I'm definitely like kind of similar to you in that I'm, because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, I moved home to save yeah. money. And I literally was like, on the verge of a breakdown. Yeah, definitely broke down. Yeah, definitely went through a divorce and a horrible you know, everything, everybody went through something, you know, everybody's got their, their, their BC, (laughs) their BC story, right. Or to, 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 uh, what is it? AC after COVID. Yeah. So that, if that interim between BC and AC. (laughs) Being that you are able to, um, 
I think, and I, and I think I speak for the both of us. And when we say, because we are so much alike is that it's a very humbling experience and humility is at the forefront when you are in your thirties and you move back in with your parents. Oh my God, honey. And humbling and humility, humility. Yeah. Humiliating. Humiliating. Yes. Very humiliating. What at the end of the day, it was a situation that only I know and only I can know, you know, it's between me and that, that beautiful black woman, God. Um, so that's it. And, and, but at the end of the day, like it really was difficult and, and I'm so grateful Yes. I am so grateful yes. for the humbling experience. And yes, mm-hmm. you're right. And that you can speak for both of us. Yes. Okay. Because I, and I feel like I can speak for you mm-hmm. in that you're seeing the value in the humility. You're seeing yeah. the value in being humbled. Yeah. You're seeing the value in starting over in a way. Yep. And this is like, you're in the chrysalis um and you're you know you're coming out of the coming out of the chrysalis um (laughs) so you're you're coming out of the chrysalis your your wings are drying honey and you're about to freaking take off yeah and that was that was necessary Mm -hmm. okay for you to move home yeah and for anyone that's listening that's 30 or above and that is experiencing this with us please dm us please reach out to us and talk to us because we have your back. Yeah. We have your back and we want to, the, the whole point of 30 pause, I think, okay. if, if you'd let me speak, Go ahead, the whole girl. point of 30 pause is to connect mm-hmm. with especially women that, you know, that are experiencing this weird 30 situation. And yeah. Part of that during COVID, a lot of us had to move back home. And there ain't no shame in the game, honey. Yes. There ain't, there how, ain't no shame in the game. And it's all about perspective because how unbelievably um, fortunate and lucky are we that we even have a place to call him to go back to. Right? Right. You know, I, I have privilege, privilege, privilege. Truly, because I just always think, you know, I have such a diverse group of friends and I, you know, some of them don't have their parents, you know, some of them, some of them, their parents have passed, you know, some I of them, 100% agree. Were, didn't exist. And, and, and it's not, you know, their parents weren't really parents for them. And they raised them. percent agree with that. You know, hundred percent. So it was <clears throat> not, only I love that you can see that privilege. That's why yeah. I asked with you as a white woman, because you can see the privilege that it is. We want to see white women that aren't parents that are understanding and compassionate and understand their privilege. And that's why I F with you. So love for Heather. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it it was the humiliating part. And so once you got over that humiliating part and you're like, man, I came home from work and my mom made a bomb ass meal. (laughs) Privilege. Like lucky. lucky. Privilege. Honestly, Privilege. like it was, and it just kind of started from there and it took a minute and it took serious momentum. You don't have to be white to be privileged. No, that's very true too. That's very, very true. I know it's a hot topic. I want to first give a, um, a preamble to the fact that um, 
I personally have very mixed feelings. And I do too. And I if do too. I and if I was in Holly Weird, right? I don't I would never Holly Weird. Holly Weird. If I was in Holly Weird and I was, you know, known, I was popular, I was this, that, and the other. Um, I know for me personally, I would not publicly speak on the situation until really, really, really started to come like kind of full circle and made sense because whether I was in the audience, whether I was, um, just a, a colleague, what the fuck ever I, for me personally, I would just not be publicly speaking on it, but the good news is I'm not in Holly weird. And, um, and neither am I not yet, honey. <laughs> so yay. So yeah, let's talk about it. So I, um, I have always been, um, a really big fan of, of both, you know, comedians and act- actors, Chris Rock and, and Will Smith, um, individually for different reasons. I don't think I wouldn't just because they're two black men in their fifties, I wouldn't actually put them in the same um, category in regards to like professional work and genre. Um, but at the same time, I, I really felt for Will. I, I just thought, fuck, we have all said shit and done shit that we regret and we are ashamed of. Okay. So I think a lot of people kind of like, well, how dare you? I've, I, honey, I have set it off before. So I'm not proud of that. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if everyone was able to comment on it? <laughs> could you imagine? I couldn't imagine it being on live TV. I would be absolutely horrified. Horrified. Truly. So I like I, we all have moments where we step into our ego. Yes. Let's just be real. Let's just yeah. keep it fucking 100. Yeah. We all are human beings. Mm-hmm. And we're all equal in that we struggle with our ego. I don't care if you're black. I don't yeah. care if you're Latino. I don't yeah, care if you're Latina a, or whatever. It's Latina. A human, it's a human experience. It's a human experience. Yes. And guess what? For sure. If, if everyone was able to comment on your shit, you would literally be in a mental hospital at least once a year. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't I actually it's funny because during our podcast with uh, my podcast with Tori we talked about I've known this woman forever so it seems like yeah but we you know we talked about you know us being like theater majors and we love performing love being on stage I love theater yes but I got really okay with um not being famous and really early I was like whoo that is pressure no, thank you. And so, of course, you know, you yeah, all these yeah, amazing yeah. things, right? But I think by the time I was about 20, 21, I was like, I just want to do this and like make a career out of it and like have the knowledge and who knows, but I'm not, I maybe I think intuitively, maybe that's why I never went out to LA and maybe that's why I never lived in New York. It's not that you I saved don't your soul, that. honey. You saved your own soul. Yeah. But I, I was just like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know. I can't imagine having all eyes on me all the time, because even though I love performing, that doesn't mean I love the attention. Um, in that way, I 100. do love it. I resonate. I resonate with what you're saying. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, you're fine. But I resonate with what you're saying in such a deep way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've experienced just a tiny little taste of like my little, you know, my little moment that I had with my ex that we talked about earlier um, when we were YouTubers and millions of views and millions of comments and billions of views now on Facebook. And it's just literally insane. Still, it's still going. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Um, but yes, I, I feel what you're saying on such a, such a deep level because I kind of have like in my own little like moment experienced that in 2016 to 20, you know, 17. <laughs> so any hootie, Hey, I, I thought to myself as a performer and I, I am, it's on my life list. It's, it's getting there. I'm, I, I write material. I, you know, I would, I would love to do stand up. And you are going to be, you are. I also, as a performer, I just thought to myself, I am as many times have I've been on stage. I cannot imagine an audience member walking onto stage and slapping me, slapping me because you didn't like what I said. You didn't like my words. Right. So this is where I have very mixed feelings about I that. I feel you. Because I'm just thinking to myself, there to me, and being a you know classically trained theater nerd, that that's a fourth wall. That wall does not exist for you. Like, no, that you, wall does not exist not, for you. That it, you are here. And Will Will knows that. There. Will knows that. Will, knows, Will that. knows that. He knows better. But again, he was operating in his ego, and so you know, it's like I get it. I I and you know what? I'm glad that we're talking about this because you know, sometimes I get annoyed that people talk about celebrities so much and it's like celebrity worship culture freaks me out and it's Holly weird, like you said, and I just, uh. yeah. but I do think that it's important that we have this conversation because I think it's really a connecting point for our culture. Like I'm at a bar right now. If I were to bring up the will situation, I would listen to multiple perspectives mm-hmm. and multiple opinions mm-hmm. and the bars are some of the some of the most mature and like, like, I guess, listening environments, at least early on in the night, um, where people just listen to each other and they, they go, Oh yeah. And you know, they just, they kind of express their cultural opinion. And, you know, I'm glad that this is happening. Yeah. I'm glad we're, we're talking about ego. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we're talking about privilege. And I'm glad we're talking about boundaries um, and marriage. Cause I mean, let's be real. Jada and Will have been under fire for like two years now or something like that. Like since the, yeah, since the, the red table talk where they came out about the situation shit between her and another man, they literally were so generous. Can we just talk about this? They They were generous with their private life with their private life, they mm-hmm. were generous enough. And this is my opinion. And you can come for me. I, that's okay. They were generous enough to put their private life out there. And some people will, you know, say that that was a bad decision. And I might agree with that. But know. at the end of the day, they did it. And they wanted that the intention was to teach. Okay. The intention was, of course, the yeah, maybe some publicity. Okay. That let's just keep it real. But also the intention was to be genuine and to try to be honest in, in a public eye, in a, in a way that they felt safe, that they, yes. they produced the show, yes. you know, they, they're, they're, it's their domain. So they had every 
uh, control over how it was edited. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like, that's something that we need to keep in mind that they were generous enough to give us that information. And then we crucified them as a culture. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing Will at a breaking point because think about, think about how much he has felt this way for the past two years. Don't come for my wife. Right. Yeah. It came out, of course, it came out on the wrong person. Chris Rock didn't deserve that. And, and he was operating an ego. But at the end of the day, this is my opinion. We're seeing a man, a human being, okay? And I read his memoir and I love it. It's great. Um, it's so good. The audiobook is is everything. Um, oh, I have to get so it on we're, Audible. We're, I didn't, I didn't, I've oh, read it. Oh, 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 you have to get it on Audible. It's, he, he puts music in there, spoken word. He puts different people's voices. Like, it's really good. Okay, it's really, okay. really good. Yeah. Highly recommend. But, um, so what we're seeing is a man at a breaking point, a human being mm-hmm. at a breaking point mm-hmm. and he operated in his ego. He fucked up. Yeah. This might be, you know, for all for publicity, we don't really know for sure, but I like to believe the best in people. And you know what? Like we are seeing a human being fuck up in real yeah. time and he has to fuck up in real time in front of the world stage. And like you said, you know, because I kind of understand what it feels like. I was kind of the, you know, for, for a year, maybe of my life, kind of, you know, people magazine, good morning, America, ESPN.com, all of that stuff, because, you know, of our viral video that we created or two of them actually, but now they're like TikTok songs. It's so weird. Uh, (laughs) Um, yeah, but 30 pause. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, this shit that I created when I was 20, like 20 something is now on TikTok as a sound. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> but um, okay. anyways, you know, I get it. What, what I'm trying to say is I get it. And, yeah. and I feel for him. And like you said, you know, fuck, like, fuck, I feel for him. And, 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 and I, I'm terrified, honestly, for his future, because I'm like, yeah. oh, but you know what? At the same time, maybe terrified is not the right word, worried. Um, I just, I know that he has good people around him. I know his family loves him, Yeah, you know, uh, or at least it seems like it. And in the, in the memoir, it seems like he was being genuine. So we don't fucking know at the end of the day, but we don't know. I really I, hope, I, I, I hope the best. Intuitively, I don't believe this was a publicity stunt. I really, really don't. I don't either. I don't either. Um, um, okay. So I want to read a tweet that um actually Nicki Minaj posted and I I really was like hmm she has a serious point so I'm just gonna read it verbatim and that says black women are gods I'm (laughs) telling you yeah so I have I have um you know a a Nicki Minaj perspective and then I have a Jim Carrey perspective oh uh, both very (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah so And this is how, this is, I think this is why I think she sums up that perspective for me perfectly. And then so does Jim. So Nikki says, okay, she says the husband gets a front row seat to his wife's pain. He is the one consoling her, drying her tears behind closed doors when those cameras go off. So social media made people feel like these husbands won't ever run into them in real life. You got to witness Ooh. in real time what happens in a man's soul when he looks over to the woman he loves and sees her holding back tears from a little joke at her expense. 
that is why goosebumps. Yes, that is why any and every real man feels in that instant. Why y'all see seeing the joke? He's seeing the pain. Snaps for fucking Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Snaps for her wise ass. Oh my god. Yeah. Now that just course, blew me away. Yeah. Oh, now, for, me, for me, for me, because of this, of her being very open and public about her battles with alopecia, for women, our hair is everything. For black women, our hair is our crown. It is everything. even more, so, even more. Crown, excuse me. So it is there. It is so, there's so much. What is so ironic is that Chris Rock made a documentary about black women and their hair. I know. I just don't fucking understand why he would do that shit. So I, and, and to me, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, why didn't any one of the writers or the producers say, Hey, that's not a good joke. Cause she, she has actually, she has alopecia. You have the, yes, you have the behind the scenes look on it because you've been in theater and you understand how it works. Absolutely. That's and how that's works. the thing is like, Let's talk about the real issue behind the slap, okay? Because the mm-hmm. slap is 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 a is a is a manifestation of this like much deeper issue. Which let's just talk about the fucking material and how the fuck mm-hmm. is a black man gonna come for a black woman's hair? You know, and uh, uh, ooh, yeah. I feel like I don't have. I I feel like I don't have. To be honest, I feel like I don't have the authority to be mad about that. So then I want to, I want to throw in another kind of perspective, Jim Carrey, who I love, adore. He beats to his own drum. He is. That's what I love about him. He isn't about that Holly weird life. He has been very vocal, very vocal, especially in the past 10 years about not being about that Holly weird life and, and removing himself from it because that is not, I love it. And he paints, any fucking paint any fucking paints and i just just, like george w yeah you know we're talking jim carrey chris rock will smith these guys have been in the business for 30 years they're close to 30 years if not more right they're ogs they should know how it fucking happened absolutely so so jim basically said he that he was sickened he was sickened by his actions and I think Jim really kind of hits the nail on the head in this other perspective in my mixed feelings that I hear about the, that I have about this. And he said, I was sickened by the standing ovation when Will later won the Academy Award for Best Actor. I felt like Hollywood is just spineless and moss. It felt like, oh, this is a really clear indication that we're not in the cool club anymore. So he also goes on to say, okay. To yell from the audience if you don't approve of the joke, but you don't have the right to walk up on stage and smack somebody in the face because they said words. It didn't. It was worlds colliding. It was worlds colliding for Will. It was worlds colliding. Let's just. It was life imitating art, really. It was worlds colliding. It was like a. It was like a. It was like a time portal moment for Will. You know. He's like, I'm a man with yeah. a wife yes. and a, and a, and a, and a, a marriage to protect. Then I'm a father Correct. with 
my children and my image to protect for my children. Correct. Then there's nuances to that. Then I am a, you know, celebrity with the world watching me right now. Mm-hmm. Then I am a spiritual being as well with an ego that needs to be put in check. So like, I don't know that, I don't know that Jim Carrey is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I get scary. what Jim Carrey. Yeah. I feel like I get what Jim Carrey is going for, but at the same time, Jim Carrey is a white man in the industry and knows the rules and the decorum and all this mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. So he's calling for rules and decorum as a white man. And to me, that's like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, let's, let's try to put ourselves in this, in this person's shoes. Well, I feel like, you know, I mean, if I was a member of Holly Weird, I wouldn't say a fucking word about the incidents. Too many people are throwing out their opinions when cameras have been on them for 20 plus years. We have all said shit that uh, we regret that we've done that we're like, oh, shame. Oof, God. Wow. Foot insert mouth. Um, so I- you got, you remember, yes. And you remember the, the that scene where, so, okay. In Game of Thrones, right? Where she has to... You never watched Game of Thrones? No, but you know right, the because I'm sure a lot of people have. Yeah, okay. This evil queen, right? This evil mm-hmm. queen, she finally gets her fucking, like, her moment of, like, basically where she has to pay for everything she's done. Mm-hmm. And she has to walk the streets naked. And everyone is yelling at her, shame, shame, shame. She's naked. The, the queen of the fucking city, okay, she has to walk the streets. Oh, my okay? God. And, and, and it is such a picture, okay? It's such a picture of what Will is having to go through right now, mm-hmm. okay? But what women, what women have yeah. to go through, especially black women mm-hmm. have to go through on a day to day no like we need to fucking let's keep it light and happy yeah we just need to fucking keep it one hondo and like let's let's talk about first of all what just as a human being would you walk two moons would you walk two moons in their moccasins well then if you wouldn't then don't fucking say anything like you said earlier heather you were like i wouldn't comment on this shit publicly don't do it. And you know what? Don't do it. In, mm-hmm. And ultimately we're called to be good humans. Yeah. And this gossip and bullshit. Yeah. At the end of the day, gossip we can talk about it. And I think it's good because yeah. we're talking about privilege. We're talking about, you know, women, we're talking about black women and I, I want black women to have their moment because they fucking deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, like if you don't want to uplift black women, you don't want to uplift women in general. You don't want to uplift, you know, humans in general, then you can sit down and have several seats. Yeah, several seats. And on top of that, I think that, I mean, to can kind of conclude the topic, um, we need to also remember that this is just America. There's a whole war happening. Thank you, America. Heather. There is um, a lot of, the stakes are higher. 
elsewhere. Let me just say that. So at the thank same you. time, thank you, I'm, Heather. Thank you, really, Heather, because in Cuba, I'm really right now, done. in Cuba, you think in Cuba, right. like my family cares about this? No, no they're fucking fighting for their lives, bitch. Exactly. Like, exactly. They, at the end of the day, like my Cuban family doesn't fucking know what the fuck is happening, yeah. and they don't give a fuck. Okay, right. they want to eat. They, they want to eat. They want to okay. Provide. <laughs> they want. Basically. They want. They want to eat, and and they're not in charge of that because they're under a communist regime. Absolutely. So I wanted to kind of step into you know, like I said previously, you and I both are obsessed with Frida, Frida Kahlo. And, Love her so um, much with my whole soul. She's my, my whole, everything, my whole heart and soul. And and I do have a. I was so lucky that I had this beautiful watercolor print of Frida, and I had it for years. And I was like, one day I'm going to get it framed. It's such an odd shape and, um, or I should say odd dimensions. So it's not like I could just buy this frame on Amazon or something like that. It was just like, but it was just so special and I just loved it. And I had it in my apartment when I was, you know, living in Tampa, the last apartment that I lived in Tampa. And I thankfully was, you know, I brought it back and it was kind of a little rough. And then for Christmas, my first year back, my mom got it matted and framed and it's just, literally bless your mother for that oh she is such a gift and 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 so she gifted me that and she was just like whoo didn't know how expensive matting and framing was. <laughs> like you know but at the same time like she was like it's got to get framed and she's like you're gonna keep this forever it's, it. it's it's so special to me and it's just <laughs> something that i'm i'm always just gonna keep because frida just her art and her story inspired me to just continue on my own train, you know, not hop on everyone else's and just keep Frida doing Kahlo it. Frida represents do you boo-boo. Yeah. She represents do yeah. you boo-boo, do you boo-boo. She represents also you, like you. Um, triumph over struggle. Um, you know, beauty she represents the, girl the beauty, a beautiful mess. She represents it. Oh all. my god! Oh my god! She the way that she was in that accident. Okay, so the, the thing about Frida Kahlo that I love the most mm -hmm. is that she was in a trolley accident. Okay, she was she was on her way to somewhere yeah. in Mexico, right? Yeah. Mexico City. She was young, too. she was on a trolley. Mm -hmm. Young, she was seventeen. Okay, mm -hmm. she was on a trolley. And she gets hit by a train on a trolley. And the person next to her was carrying 24 karat gold dust. And when that, when that happened and the train hit the trolley, Frida Kahlo's virginity was taken by a metal pole. Okay. Mm -hmm. The metal pole goes into her vaginal area yeah. and out of her back. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's just, let's just see this picture. Just visualize this picture Yeah. after the scene. Okay. The, 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 the scene of the accident, Frida Kahlo is in the street. Okay. She's in the street. She is impaled by this metal pole. She is covered in blood and golden dust. Mm. Let's just pause 30 pause. Yeah. Pause on that visual because guess what? That is not a story. Yeah. That really happened in real life. Okay. Yeah. Think about the implications mm -hmm. of that kind of visual for your life. Think about that the implications. And she had polio as a little yeah, girl. She did. So she spent mm -hmm. a lot of time 
by her damn self in a room, quarantine, okay? Mm-hmm. And we all know about, we all fucking know about yeah. quarantine now. Yeah. Frida Kahlo was quarantined mm-hmm. for a long time. Right. And she became her best friend as a little girl, right? Yeah. So self-love, mm-hmm. okay? So the biggest thing about her, which I think is fucking hilarious, is that she says that out of the two accidents that happened in her life, Frida says that Diego was the worst. Yeah. And she represents all of the women, women in general, indigenous Mm -hmm. women, European women, because she was German at the same time. Yeah. Okay, the, the two mm-hmm. Fridas, when, when you see the, the picture of the two Fridas yeah. ne- sitting next to each other, it represents the indigenous Frida yeah. and the German Frida. Correct. Okay, yeah. so it represents two women that live in one woman, one, one woman. Okay, mm-hmm. womb, 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 one womb. Okay, one womb, one womb. Yeah. but two women, one womb, two women. And some people have three women and some women mm-hmm. have four women. You know, right. that live inside of them. Anyway, so let's just talk about how out of all of the accidents that she has been a part of, she said, not not the accident that happened to me when I was 17. Not when I almost died. D, not when I almost died and was my virginity was taken by a metal pole and I was covered in blood and golden dust. And I was left on the side of the road in the pile of the dead. Correct. She was left in the pile of the dead, honey. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that wasn't anything compared to Diego. Mm-hmm. Okay. Compared to what the man did to her. Yeah. And you know what? That's why women love Frida Kahlo. Yeah. Because Frida, Frida Kahlo represents the woman's struggle. Yeah. Represents the woman and having to be smaller. Having yes. to be the the wife of Frida, uh, the wife of Diego Rivera. She was the wife of Diego Rivera until her death, and then she became Frida Kahlo. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. she, yeah, everybody knew about her, but ultimately, her husband took her fucking spotlight, and her husband was the the famous one. Okay. Right. And she was just the little painter. The little paint, oh, the, the sweet yeah. little painter girl. And unfortunately, and guess like after her death, that is when her actual art was truly appreciated at the extent that it is today. And that happens to a lot of, you know, especially visual artists and um, even, you know, musician artists in general, you know, but at the same time, I, I, ha- I just had such a profound appreciation for Frida very early on. There was a connection. There was just something there. And so what I was it about it for you? What was it for you? I think, you know, and I got to thank Julie Taymor because, you know, when she directed that film with Salma Hayek, that was also just another, yeah. I learned about Frida beforehand, but then when that actually came out was my, I think my junior year, I think of my Spanish classes. So I took Spanish all four years in high school. Cause like I said, I told you, I, I absolutely loved my teacher. And Good for um, you. so I, I also, you know, really at my junior year, really learned about her. And then that's when Julie Taymor's film, Frida, came out and Selma Hayek was woman-owned film, woman-directed bitch. Okay. Correct. And yes. you know, and you and and I think Julie Taymor just really 
did an amazing job just telling her she story did. in the most authentic way. And I just remember being around my other 17 year old friends and like being at so-and-so's house and they're like, I don't like this movie. I don't get it. And I was just like, well, y'all do your thing. I'll be in here, you know, and you're I, an old soul. Yeah. You're an old soul. You get it. Yeah. And it's I the just, gorgeous, I gorgeous girls it. that get it. It's the gorgeous, gorgeous girls that get it. That's for sure. So I also, of course, my obsession with Frida Kahlo runs deep. My obsession with Dolly Parton also runs deep, um, has ran deep pretty much my whole life. Um, being growing up in that in Indiana country music was just a huge staple not only in our household I love but country it music was, as a Cuban Puerto Rican all yeah that I, am. I love it just, I love country music I do it was storytelling it was um that's just the best way I could put it everybody like everybody just loved it because it just told stories and it was relatable and and so I I have a very big qualm with modern day country music and I actually have really stepped back from claiming that I am a country music fan probably for the past I understand I would say about 15 years or so um because I am that old school country music girl I am I am Dolly Parton Patsy Cline you know Reba McIntyre crazy yeah like I'm crazy um, yeah feeling so yeah. lonely yes and and so Johnny Cash and and you know, old school countries. So. I fell into burning ring of fire. Yes. And this is what happens when you have a vocalist on 30 pulse. Um, so I was just like, I I I was obsessed with Dolly forever. And I just loved nine to five. And I loved, you know, um steel magnolias. And so when I was actually introduced to Dolly, I wasn't really introduced to Dolly as a singer just because of my age. And then those movies came out and then those, and I was like, God, I just love her so much. And then I really started listening to her music and then, you know, um, and then Whitney Houston covered, I will always love you. And it was just kind of like, okay, sickening songwriter. I, you know, and then that's, you know, sickening, sickening songwriter. Right. So, and I, I watched the documentary on her on Netflix and yeah. you know what? She is fucking smart. Okay. She's anybody smart. that, anybody that thinks, Anybody that thinks that Dolly Parton is a dumbass and a bimbo is a fucking idiot. Yes. And okay? you know, she will tell you many, many a times, like, that's fine if you don't think, I, if you think I look cheap, if you think I look dumb, but, you know, in, 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 a, in a more eloquent way, like, my bank account doesn't prove it. My character Goodbye. Goodbye. Just have several seats. Yeah. So I had to, of course, being the Dolly fan that I am, I have a segment called Do It Live. I would say... Do it like Dolly would do. I wanted Ooh. to know if you had um, a favorite like Dolly lyric and or like quote that really just kind of resonated with you or is something that was just like, damn, Dolly, I, I want to do it like Dolly. I want to. Um, implement that in my life I want to live in within that so if it was a lyric or a quote or something that you had connected with Dolly's essence to me and it's not a lyric or a quote I love her music I love everything but it's really her essence mm. to me and Dolly's essence is first of all woman yeah second of all creative as fuck yeah okay Third of all, 
divine feminine and that is my that is my heart yeah um she she represents to me she represents such a beautiful picture and you know it's multifaceted the divine feminine is like a diamond it's multifaceted it has so many different faces you know you're the divine feminine heather dolly parton is frida Kahlo is i am my mother is my titi is my you know we're all you know and even trans women too like if not even (laughs) trans women are are a part of the divine feminine and it's all this beautiful picture of the femme the femme baby Mm -hmm. it's the femme and 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 to me that's why she's such a gay icon and such an lgbtq icon and to me that's what i want to do with my life i want to represent the femme in any way that I can represent the femme, represent the femme, represent the femme. Like, mm-hmm. I believe that women, um, we were the first slaves. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Women were the first slaves. Women were the first sex trafficked victims. Mm-hmm. Women were the first raped. Mm-hmm. Women were the first, you know what I mean? Like, women were the first slaves. Yeah. Slaves for others and not ourselves, right? And a lot slaves of that, for men. slaves for men. Yeah, and I think Dolly <laughs> really was like, "I'm not going to be your slave, and you're not going and, to own my music, and you're not going and, to dictate my career, and you're not going to learn about my husband because he's sacred to me." Right? Exactly. I think that and is such to me. A, it's just she so is fun. not. She's not a slave. Yes, you know, like she's not, and she's not a slave for anybody. And you know, for me, that is the ultimate picture of what I want to be in life. I am nobody's slave. Uh, As far as the music industry for women, it's been really hard to be a a, a woman in the music industry. Even now, yeah, you know, I'm going through certain situations right now. Currently, the tea is hot. Yeah, that it's it's. it's very difficult to be a woman, okay? And it's very difficult to be a woman in the in the entertainment industry. To me, Dolly Parton is strong, aware, vigilant, and restrained. And to me, that is the divine feminine. Yeah. That is the divine feminine in to me in 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 one human. Yeah, absolutely. Big ups to Dolly. Also, she asked she <laughs> what she humility is like her middle name she removed herself from the rock and roll hall of fame like she doesn't want people to vote against her or someone else she's like no 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 no. this is you know and i think i think at some point i think people are going to realize when dolly passes that then then you can put her in the rock and roll hall of fame or then you can do you know this that and the other and she's like but i'm still here and um and i'm not anybody's um to, I'm not anybody to be worshipped. I am doing, you know. I'm still here. I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still here. doing the work. You know, I'm still here. I'm still. I'm, and Frida Kahlo said, I am here and I am just as strange as you. Yeah. I am here. I am still here. That is the call of the woman. Um, I think that I was really interested in knowing what you're, you're mentioning that you were going to teach a creative 
tell me about that. Tell me about what your new venture is and, and what you kind of want to get out of it and, and give me some insight on that. You call it what now? It's creative confidence. Creative confidence. Love that. Creative confidence. Everybody needs it. Mm-hmm. everyone is kind of concerned about you know creative people like are they okay but in order to be creative in order to be confident you have to be both you yeah. can't just be creative and you can't just be confident you've got to be both you know if you want to be an artist if you want to be a working artist if you want to even just do art on the side and not one soul know about it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, everything everything nowadays requires creativity Mm -hmm. um literally everything Mm -hmm. um especially if you're running your own business with 30 paws shout out to women that are running their own businesses doing their own pr doing their own marketing doing their own social media posts doing their own stories doing their own shit okay so shout out shout out to the fucking queens okay Mm -hmm. um and you know the kings that are that are um out there and and being creative as fuck. Okay. Um, so for me, I am currently, this is like very, I wasn't going to share about this, but I'm drinking. So we're fine. Um, I am writing, I've currently just finished one book that I've been working on for 10 years. Okay. Um, that will be out soon. It's called that fine madness. Um, but my second book that I'm working on after that um, is called Be the Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called uh, it's Be the Soul. It's based off of a Rumi quote, wherever you are, be the soul of that space. Mm. Um, wherever you stand, be the soul of that space. So it's a Rumi quote, and I love Rumi so much. And um, it really embodies creative confidence to me. Um, the book is going to be about accessing your inner it factor okay. um, through mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So accessing your inner creative soul, really, is, mm-hmm. is what an it factor is Yeah. Um, through the art of mindfulness. So I'm, I'm actually teaching a class on this on April 27th. Um, if you are in Dunedin, if you're local to Dunedin, um, I'm teaching this class on April 27th at um, Hope Grove. Okay. Uh, it's a not profit, not for profit, woman owned business. Um, it is a community center. Um, Heather is amazing. She is the visionary for this, and I'm just really just along for the ride and trying yeah. to support her and what she's doing. But I get to teach a creative confidence course um, on April 27th. So I'm, just, I'm really excited about that. And really what it is, if I was going to give you like, if I were to be like, don't listen to my book, don't read my book, just listen to this. Okay. This is the sound bite. This is a sound bite. Okay. Okay. So creative confidence comes from mindfulness. Okay. It comes from not being in the past, mm-hmm. not being in the future and not allowing yourself to judge yourself. Yeah. Okay. So it's allowing that inner child that you were, that little baby girl, when you were, you, you mentioned this, Heather, yeah. when you were 10, right? Mm-hmm. When you were 10, when you were nine and you wanted to just be the fucking little queen that you were, that creative artist soul, right? Mm-hmm. 
and someone told you to sit down and shut up. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's living a life that is free mm-hmm. and mindful. Yeah. Okay. Which means you're not in the past, you're not in the future, and you're not in judgment yeah. of who you are. Okay. And that's how Frida Kahlo lived her life. That's how Dolly Parton lives her life. That's how you, Heather, live your life. That's how I live my life. Yeah. And I want to empower humans, not just women, humans yeah. to access this piece. And I've got, you know, a whole course on it. It's a seven week course that I'm writing. Um, and it can be split up into seven months if you want to just like really take your time with it. Yeah. But um, it's going to come out. Hopefully I'm, I'm praying that I will self publish mm-hmm. in 2023. So this is something that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't plan on plugging very much, but. No, I think that's amazing. I think that there is a lot of, you know, Glenn and Doyle untamed energy that I'm getting from creative confidence, but kind of steering it more towards allowing yourself to be creative. So a lot of times I think that people who are like, well, I can't dance, sing, or act, so I'm not creative. I'm like, no, 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 no. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. You, oh, I, I don't, I'm not, I can't. Did you talk. make pictures? Did you yeah. make pictures as a child? Right. Did you, did you, did your parents have your artwork on their, on their refrigerator? Yeah. Did you, did you make anything as a kid? Yes. Did you, did you write? Did you, you know, all of those things. So I think it's really cool that we are, um, that you are creating um, you know, a space and a, and a coursework, I think is so genius because we are con- constant students. Um, so we do, yes. adapt, we do adapt to, um, you know, that kind of, um, way of learning. And I think that having that as a course, having, um, you know, a book or, or things to follow up and having that experience and you workshopping this, um, is something that is just really going to be a fucking amazing gift, not just to women, but to just people who are really ready to embrace, to make a change. So honey, that's 30 pause right there. I'm so humbled by that praise. Thank you so, so much. It's a dream come true, really. Um, So thank you. Yeah. You're really stepping into your light. And I, I, you know, you mentioned, you know, I've had, you know, a handful of girlfriends you know, have dealt with yeah, divorce and, and deep breakups and crazy life-changing Ooh. things, especially because of 2020 and maybe even before that too. And whether it was the, you know, the divorce was, you know, the divine factor or what have you, I think it's just collectively 2020 was a shift for the whole world. And for us to really start, we all have our, we all have our BC story, baby. We all have our BC story. BC to AC, it was probably DC, which is during COVID. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So BC to AC, it was probably DC. AC, DC is some, some fucking something, something. Yeah. Yeah. It was absolutely crazy, but I love to, I love to hear your story. Your music is absolutely amazing. I absolutely think that you have not only just a gift with your voice, but at, you know, with your, your spirit and what you exude and what you offer to the world. And you have so many gifts. And so I think that's just so amazing. And I'm so happy that you're able to come on to 30 Paws and we are to share our stories. I would love for you to come back in the future and please, you know, I would come back any have, moment. 
once you have like the course up and having that when you're, you know, your book launches and all of that jazz, I am going to 1000% um, blast the shit out of it because I believe in you. Oh so my much. God, I love you. I think that it's so funny because we talked about this earlier that, you know, we used to say no new friends. Yeah. And I think that's changing because, you know, sometimes new friends can see you Mm -hmm. in a way that old friends can't. Yeah. I think that's fair. That's fair. And um, And the thing is, you know, you mentioned before you're like, oh, did you kind of look up our, um, our, I don't know how you said it, but mentioned like, did you research or did you see like your know, YouTube videos or something? And I was like, I mean, people can mention that all day long, but I, I meet people where they're at. I'm, I'm meeting you where you're at right now. And so I'm so appreciative of that. I don't really think of that. I don't want to be known for that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a beautiful, and, and to shout out my ex-husband, we are best friends, but yeah. nowadays I have made the decision to step forward in forgiveness and to meet him where he's at. And he's, he's a great person now. You know, we didn't talk for about two, two years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's always redemption. There's always redemption. If you choose, if you choose. That's the amazing and beautiful thing about it. It's like, you kind of got to go through the dirt to get through the beauty of it. But at the same time, Lotus, Lotus. Yeah. Yeah. You are 1000% able to kind of come above it. Genevieve, thank you so much for, for coming to the podcast. We always have great conversation. We always love do. our friendship. And I shout out to too. our mutual friend, Tori, who was like, hey, you need to know this chick because y'all would be. Thank friends. you, Tori. I love thank you. you. <laughs> All right. Get home safe and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much. Right. And I'm going to go drink and hang out. <laughs> hang out now shout yeah. out shout out to reboot we yeah. love you Dunedin yes bye girl bye thank you so much Fair.